Section 3 of Omens and Superstitions of Southern India. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are on the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Siddharth. Omens and Superstitions of Southern India by Edgar Thurston. Chapter 1 Omens, Part 3. There is a Tamil proverb relating to the selection of a wife, to the effect that curly hair gives food, thick hair brings milk, and very stiff hair destroys a family. As a preliminary to marriage among the Kurubas, Canary shepherds, the bridegroom's father observes certain curls, sully, on the head of the proposed bride. Some of these are believed to forebode prosperity, and others misery to the family into which the girl enters by marriage. They are, therefore, very cautious in selecting only such girls as possess curls of good fortune. One of the good curls is the Pashingam on the forehead, and bad ones are the Payenakallu at the back of the head, and the Edursuli near the right temple. By the police, Tamil cultivators, a curl on the forehead is considered as an indication that the girl will become a widow, and one on the back of the head portends death of the eldest brother of her husband. By the Tamil Maravans, a curl on the forehead resembling the head of a snake is regarded as an evil omen. A woman pregnant for the first time should not see a temple car adorned with figures of a lion or look at it when it is being dragged along with the image of the god seated in it. If she does, the tradition is that she will give birth to a monster. In some places before a woman is confined, the room in which her confinement is to take place is smeared with cow dung and in the room at the outer gate. Small, wet cow dung cakes are stuck on the wall and covered with marcosa, melia zardirakta leaves, and cotton seeds. These are supposed to have great power in awaiting evil spirits and preventing harm to the newly born babe on or the lying in woman. In the Telugu country, it is the custom among some castes, example the Kapus and the Gamalas, to place twigs of balanoids, Roxburghi, or Calatropis gigantea, Arca, on the floor or in the roof of the lying in chamber. Sometimes a garland of old shoes is hung up on the doorpost of the chamber, a fire is kindled into which pieces of old leather, hair, nails, horns, hoofs, and bones of animals are thrown in the belief that the smoke arising therefrom will protect the mother and child against evil spirits. Among some classes, when a woman is pregnant, her female friends assemble, pile up before her door a quantity of rice husk and set fire to it. To one door post they tie an old shoe and to the other a bunch of tulsi, osimum sanctum in order to prevent the entry of any demon. A bitch is brought in, painted, and marked in the way that the women daily mark their own foreheads. Incense is burnt, and an oblation placed before it. The woman then makes obeisance to it, and makes a meal of curry and rice, on which cakes are placed. If there is present any woman who has not been blessed with children, she seizes some of the cakes in the hope that by doing so she may ere long have a child. In some places, when a woman is in labor, her relations keep on measuring out rice into a measure close to the lying in room. 
in the belief that the delivery will be accelerated thereby. Sometimes a gun is fired off in an adjacent room with the same object, and I have heard of a peon elderly whose wife was in labor borrowing his master's gun to expedite matters. Some Hindus in Madras believe that it would be unlucky for a newly married couple to visit the museum as their offspring would be deformed as a result of the mother having gazed on the skeletons and stuffed animals. Twins are sometimes objects of superstition, especially if they are of different sexes, and the male is born first. The occurrence of such an event is regarded as foreboding misfortune, which can only be warded off by marrying the twins to one another, and leaving them to their fate in the jungle. Cases of this kind have, however, it is said, not been heard of within recent times. There is a proverb that a child, born with the umbilical cord around the body, will be a curse to the caste. If a child is born with the cord round its neck like a garland, it is believed to be inauspicious for its uncle, who is not allowed to see it for ten days or even longer, and then a propitiatory ceremony has to be performed. By the Koravas, the birth of a child with the cord round its neck is believed to pretend the death of the father or maternal uncle. This unpleasant effect is warded off by the father or the uncle killing a fowl and wearing its entrails round his neck, and afterwards burying them along with the cord. In other cases, it is believed that a child born with the cord round its neck will be a curse to its maternal uncle unless a gold or silver string is placed on the body, and the uncle sees its image reflected in a vessel of oil. If the cord is entwined across the breast and passes under the armpit, it is believed to be an unlucky omen for the father and paternal uncle. In such cases some special ceremony, such as looking into a vessel of oil, is performed. I am informed by the Reverend S. Nicholson that if a mala Telugu parrier, child is born with the cord round its neck, a coconut is immediately offered. If the child survives, a cock is offered to the gods on the day on which the mother takes her first bath. When the cord is cut, a coin is placed over the navel for luck. The dried cord is highly prized as a remedy for sterility. The placenta is placed by the malas in a pot in which are neem, milias or directa leaves and the whole is buried in some convenient place, generally the backyard. If this was not done, the dogs or other animals might carry off the placenta and the child would be of a wandering disposition. The birth of a Kurava child on a new moon night is believed to augur a notorious thriving future for the infant. Such children are commonly named Vinkatigadu, after the god at Tirupati. The birth of a male child on the day in which the constellation Rohini is visible portends evil to the maternal uncle, and a female born under the constellation Mulam is supposed to carry misery with her to the house which she enters by marriage. Dom children in Vishakhapatnam are supposed to be born without souls, and to be subsequently chosen as an abbot by the soul of an ancestor. The coming of the ancestor is signalized by the child dropping 
a chicken bone which has been thrust into its hand, and much rejoicing follows among the assembled relations. By some Valians Tamil cultivators the naming of infants is performed at the Ayanar temple by any one who is under the influence of inspiration. Failing such a one, several flowers, each with a name attached to it, are thrown in front of the idol. A boy or the priest picks one of the flowers and the infant receives the name which is connected with it. In connection with the birth ceremonies of the Koyis of the Godavari district, the Reverend J. Kane writes that on the seventh day, the near relatives and neighbors assemble together to name the child, having placed it on the cot. They put a leaf of the Moha tree, Basia, in its hand, and pronounce some name which they think suitable. If the child closes its hand over the leaf, it is regarded as a sign that it acquiesces. But if the child rejects the leaf or cries, they take it as a sign that they must choose another name, and so throw away the leaf and substitute another leaf and name, until the child shows its approbation. It is noted in connection with the death ceremonies of the clones, that if a man has been killed by a tiger, purification is made by the sacrifice of a pig, the head of which is cut off with a tangy axe by a pano and passed between the legs of the men in the village, who stand in a line as trouble. It is a bad omen to him if the head touches any man's legs. According to another account, the head of the decapitated pig is placed in a stream and it floats down. It has to pass between the legs of the villagers. If it touches the legs of any of them, it forebodes that he would be killed by a tiger. The sight of a cat on getting out of bed is extremely unlucky, and he who sees one will fail in all his undertakings during the day. I faced a cat this morning, or did you see a cat this morning, are common sayings when one fails in anything. The Parians are said to be very particular about omens, and if when a Parian sets out to arrange a marriage with a certain girl, a cat, or a Valian, a bird, crosses his path, he will give up the girl. I have heard of a superstitious European police officer who would not start in search of a criminal because he came across a cat. House dogs should, if they are to bring good luck, possess more than eighteen visible claws. If a dog scratches the wall of a house, it will be broken into by thieves, and if it makes a hole in the ground within a cattle shed, the cattle will be stolen. A dog approaching a person with a bit of shoe leather augurs success, with flesh gain, with a meaty bone good luck, with a dry bone death. If a dog enters a house with wire or thread in its mouth, the master of the house must expect to be put in prison. A dog barking on the roof of a house during the dry weather portends an epidemic, and in the wet season of a heavy fall of rain. There is a proverb, like a dying dog climbing the roof, which is said of a person who is approaching his ruin. The omen also signifies the death of several members of the family. So the dog's ears and tail are cut off, and rice is steeped in blood.
a goat which has climbed onto the roof is treated in like manner dragged round the house or slaughtered at the conclusion of the first menstrual ceremony of a capillian canary's farmer girl some food is placed near the entrance to the house which a dog is allowed to eat while so doing it receives a severe beating the more noise it makes the better is the omen for the girl having a large family if the animal does not howl it is supposed that the girl will bear no children the side of a jackal is very lucky to one proceeding on an errand its cry to the east and north of a village foretells something good for the villagers whereas the cry at midday means an impending calamity if a jackal cries towards the south in answer to the call of another jackal someone will be hung and if it cries towards the west someone will be drowned a bachelor who sees a jackal running may expect to be married shortly if the offspring of a primipara dies it is sometimes buried in a place where jackals can get at it it is believed that if a jackal does not make a sumptuous meal of the corpse the woman will not be blessed with more children the corpses of the kuramas of mysore are buried in a shallow grave and a pot of water is placed on the mound raised over it should this spot be visited during the night by a pack of jackals and water drunk by them to slake their thirst after feasting on the dead body the omen is accepted as a proof that the liberated spirit has fled to the realms of the dead and will never trouble man woman child or cattle when a person rises in the morning he should not face or see a cow's head but should see its hinder parts this is in consequence of a legend that a cow killed a brahmin by goring him with its horns in some temples a cow is made to stand in front of the building with its tail towards it so that any one entering may see its face it is said that if a cow voids urine at the time of purchase it is considered a very good omen but if she passes dung a bad omen the hill cones will not cut the crops with a sickle having a serrated edge such as is used by the oriyas but use a straight edged knife the crops after they have been cut are threshed up by hand and not with the aid of cattle the serrated sickle is not used because it produces a sound like that of cattle grazing which would be unpropitious if cattle were used in threshing the crop that the earth god would feel insulted by the dung and urine of the animals a timber merchant at calicut in malabar is said to have been spent more than a thousand rupees in propitiating the spirit of a deceased brahmin under the following circumstances he had built a new house and on the morning after the kutti puja housewarming ceremony his wife and children were coming to occupy it just as they were entering the grounds a cow ran against one of the children and knocked it down this augured evil and in a few days the child was attacked by smallpox one child after another caught the disease and at last the man's wife also contracted it they all recovered but the wife was laid up uh, with some uterine disorder an astrologer was sent for and said that the site on which the house was built was once the property of a brahmin whose spirit still haunted it
and must be appeased. Expensive ceremonies were performed by Brahmins for a fortnight. The house was sold to a Brahmin priest for a nominal price. A gold image of the deceased Brahmin was made, and after the purification ceremonies had been carried out, taken to the sacred shrine at Rameswaram, where arrangements were made to have daily worship performed to it. The house, in its purified state, was sold back by the Brahmin priest. The merchant's wife travelled by train to Madras to undergo treatment at the maternity hospital. The astrologer predicted that the displeasure of the spirit would be exhibited on the way by breaking of dishes and by furniture catching fire. A strange prediction, because the bed on which the woman was lying caught fire by a spark from the engine. After the spirit had been thus propitiated, there was peace in the house. It is noted that in the middle of the threshold of nearly all gateways of the ruined fortifications around the Bellari villages may be noticed a roughly carved cylindrical or conical stone, something like a lingam. This is the Buddurai, literally the navel stone, and so the middle stone. It was planted there when the fort was first built, and is affectionately regarded as being the boundary of the village site. Once a year in May, just before the sowing season commences, a ceremony takes place in connection with it. Reverence is first made to the bullocks of the village, and in the evening they are driven through the gateway past the Buddurai with tom-toms, flutes, and other kinds of music. The Barike village servant next does puja worship to the stone, and then a string of mango leaves is tied across the gateway above it. The villagers now from sides, one party trying to drive the bullocks through the gate and other trying to keep them out. The greatest uproar and confusion naturally follow and in the midst of the turmoil some bullock or other eventually breaks through the guardians of the gate and gains the village. If that first bullock is a red one, the red grains on the red soil will flourish in the coming season. If he is white, White crops such as cotton and white shalom will prosper. If he is red and white, both kinds will do well. Various Oriyakas worship the goddess Lakshmi on Thursdays in the month of November, which are called Lakshmi Varam or Lakshmi's Day. The goddess is represented by a basket filled with grain, whereon some place a hairball which has been vomited by a cow. The ball is called Gaya Panghula and is usually one or two inches in diameter. The owner of a cow which has vomited such a ball regards it as a propitious augury for the prosperity of his family. A feast is held on the day on which the ball is vomited and after the ball has been worshipped, it is carefully wrapped up and kept in a box in which it remains till it is required for further worship. Some people believe that the ball continues to grow year by year and regards this as a very good sign. Bulls are said not to vomit the balls and only very few cows do so. Throughout India, Mr. J.D.E. Holmes writes, but more especially in the southern presidency among the native population, the value of a horse or ox principally depends on the existence and situation of certain hair marks on the body of the animal. These hair marks are formed by the changes 
in the direction in which the hair grows at certain places, and according to their shape are called a crown, ridge, or feather mark. The related possession of these marks is supposed to indicate that the animal will bring good luck to the owner and his relatives. There is a saying that a man may face a rifle and escape, but he cannot avoid the luck, good or evil, foretold by hair marks. So much are the people influenced by these omens that they seldom keep an animal with unlucky marks, and would not allow their mares to be covered by a stallion having unpropitious marks. It is recorded by Bishop Whitehead that we went to see the Maharaja of Mysore at his tables, and he showed us his fine stud of horses. Among them was the state horse, which is only used for religious ceremonies, and is ridden only by the Maharaja himself. It is pure white, without spot or blemish, and has the five lucky marks. This horse came from Kataiwar and is now about 25 years old. The Maharaja is trying to get another to replace it when it dies, but it is not easy to get one with the unusual points required. Two deaths occurring in a family in quick succession were once believed to be the result of keeping an unlucky horse in the stable. I have heard of a Eurasian police officer who attributed the theft of 500 rupees his official transfer to an unhealthy district and other strokes of bad luck to the purchase of a horse with unlucky curls. All went well after he had got rid of the animal. End of section 3